0: From the shores of Summer Lake in Tigard, Oregon, it's the Portland Tim Beers Podcast, a show
1: featuring two guys who love craft beer and Portland Timbers soccer. And now, here
2: are your hosts, Jason and Gary. Tim Beers!
0: Woo-hoo. I'm Jason.
2: And I'm Gary. We're the uh, Portland Tim Beers. We talk about soccer, beer, and pretty much whatever else we want. Yeah. How you doing, buddy?
0: Oh, fantastic.
2: So, uh, what are you drinking?
0: Um, a barrel-aged concoction (laughs) (laughs) of morning goodness. Uh, Supposedly it's like a breakfast beer, right?
2: This is a breakfast beer that I just freaking spilled. And, uh, it is a maple barrel-aged smoked porter by Frim. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Frim's outdone themselves.
2: Yeah, this should be a good beer. It
0: actually is pretty tasty. Um... (laughs) I'm shocked that you can taste the maple, and it's not overpowering. Uh, and the smoke's not overpowering either, which is nice.
2: Yeah, this is uh, right up Tim's alley of a Rauk-type beer, so smoked yeah. malt. And uh, with some barrel-aged stuff going on, which I think really pulls and dumbs down the uh, oh, yeah. smoke. I think it does. I think it helps. And then the uh, maple in it, um, I'm guessing... It's the primary sugar source or something, but it's uh, pretty tasty.
0: Yeah, it's not too bad.
2: Well, so uh, what do we got on tap for the listeners today?
0: Well, we've got a wonderful interview with a gentleman named Mark from uh, Raindrop Tap House in Beaverton, uh, where you decided to start your morning with a wonderful Belgian quad. Which is probably why this barrel-tasting uh, or barrel-aged barrel, barrel aged beer seems a little light to you right now.
2: Well, I'm going to go just start defending myself right off the bat. So <laughs> we uh, <laughs> met Mark over at Raindrop Tap House at uh, 11. So you and I pull in because yeah. we're early guys. Yep, yep. 10.45. We're sitting there hanging out, doing our thing, and uh, looking at the beer list. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Bel- I want the Belgian. Belgian
0: quad. <laughs> Belgian it is. 10.6%. Yeah,
2: Gigantic's uh, awesome robots and windmills. And uh, <laughs> and you know what? It didn't treat me too bad. No. So, yeah. Everything from here on out is just uh, Kolsch. Yeah, so, pretty <laughs> much. And, like and that's what I
0: started my day with was Kolsch.
2: And how was that Kolsch you had?
0: It was actually really good. Um, the one surprising thing is and I did not expect this from a Kolsch, is that it had a pretty dry after finish.
2: It did. Um, very dry, and, but it was had the grainy taste. And yeah. Everything yeah. you'd expect from a Kolsch show. I think it was exactly. the Rosenstot.
0: Yeah, Rosenstadt Brewery.
2: we got to check that place out. Right
0: here in uh, wonderful Portland, yeah, Oregon. You know,
2: we did, we've done a lot of breweries, and uh, we haven't been to Zoigl, and we haven't been to that. So No. And we're both like Germany guys. Yeah. Well, so uh, yeah, met Mark over at Raindrop Tap House over in Beaverton. We uh, actually heard th- about this place uh, online uh, from the beer, Portland Beer Guys um, or Beer Guys. Somebody yeah. posted, "Hey, you got to check this place out." It got to googling around, and there it was. And uh, so was over at X Note Novo, and was like, "God, the line is." An hour and a half long, so I need a place to drink a beer. Yeah. So walk down the street and there's Raindrop, and they've got this amazing tap list. All local. All local. So uh, talked to Mark there and said, "Hey, what about having you on the podcast one day? Let's talk about Raindrop." And he said, "You know what? Sounds good. I'm gonna have a Belgian on for you."
0: (laughs) (laughs) And he did. No, (laughs) he didn't. But
2: the uh, but one of the things I just remembered we didn't talk about was the uh, pub beer crawl that they just had. So we'll have to talk a little. Oh bit about that. yeah! But the Beaverton pub beer crawl started from this place and frequented all the places in Beaverton in this beer mecca they've created. So,
0: Interesting.
2: But well, what else is going on, dude? Before we jump into this interview, just work. Just work.
0: Just work. No beer? No, no. I've got a. I've got to get off my dead butt and get some yeast ordered so that I can get that white stout going.
2: Yeah, yeah we gotta get that going because it's gonna be summertime and we need something lighter than a white stout to drink in the summertime.
0: Yeah, but that that white stout is pretty light.
2: True true.
0: That's the thing I like about it.
2: But you know what else I like?
0: <laughs> quad Belgians.
2: you got to brew a Belgian quad, dude. Oh, hell
0: no. <laughs> I don't have the capacity for that.
2: That was a strong beer. so I'd, I'd be?
0: have to start with like a gallon of water, and that just doesn't work so well on a five-gallon batch. Well,
2: speaking of that, I'm mashing in downstairs as we speak, and uh, I've got a sweet feed mash going on. Uh, and so it doesn't really need to be elaborated on other than that, but there's not a lot of water no Most it
0: seemed the... to absorbed it all <laughs> it
2: was crazy the grains taking all the water just so. sucked it up it has four and a half gallons of water and it just sucked it all up for yeah. 10 pounds of grain so i have to figure that out um generally with recirculation though you start to pull some of that out that a little bit, bit. Yeah. yeah so we'll uh do that and see where we end up so all right, cool. Well, let's uh, jump on with Mark here and learn a little bit about Raindrop Taphouse. All right, Jason from the Tim Beers here, and I am here at Raindrop Tap Room, Taphouse, Taphouse, Taphouse. Damn it! <laughs> Darn it! Damn it! Gary's here with me. Uh, Gary, say hi to the listeners. How you guys doing? So uh, we are here with Mark, founder, owner of the Raindrop. Tap House, yes, yes, and uh, Mark, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell us about Raindrop Tap House and where you're located.
1: Well, we're on uh, um, uh, uh, Farmington in Maine, here in downtown Beaverton. Um, our address is 4545 Southwest Angel Avenue, but we're actually on the other side of that. So, if you're trying to map us, just find that and then walk around the building.
2: Outstanding. Um, so, uh, so in Beaverton, what are you near? We are
1: near uh, the Dairy Queen. (laughs) You can see the Dairy Queen from the window we're sitting next to. Uh, Down the street from Ex Novo. um, Around the corner from Big's Chicken. and um, um, uh, Boy, I can't think this morning. Um, All kinds of stuff. Yeah, also DeCarly's is down here. DeCarly's is right Mm -hmm. down here. Um,
2: uh, All sorts of stuff happens. Syndicate
1: Wine Bar is down here. They open about two weeks after we did. So we're kind of... Kindred spirits there in that way.
2: Fantastic. So, uh, tap house versus tap room. I obviously stepped in that. Well,
1: it's not really that big a deal. Is what, do, what
2: do you envision in, in this tap house? Well, what I wanted
1: to do was create a really nice neighborhood space where people could come and enjoy themselves and relax. And I wanted to sell Oregon beer here, so that's what I do.
2: So this is uh, this is interesting you, that you talked about Oregon beer. I, I saw this tap list several weeks back. I think we uh, profiled it. I think on the Nebulous uh, interview, we were like, I found this place that just has Oregon beers, and uh, so talk to us a little bit about beer selection, how you approach beer selection, and then again, how do, you, how do you isolate just Oregon beers, and how does that work with your distributors who obviously have a different vision of right. what they want to sell you?
1: Yeah, they want to k- kind of sell me a lot of different things, but they all know, you know, I've been in the business now for about a year and a half, and they all know that, you know, I'm Oregon only, so they'll actually work with me quite a bit, um, except for, one that should be named nameless. You know. <laughs> we all know who we're talking yes. about. Um, but uh, um, for the most part, I really like to try and find um, smaller breweries that self-distribute. A lot of times, you know, or smaller um, entities that are um, distributors. You know, like uh, High Road Distributing is really great. They have maybe six or seven uh, um, companies that they distribute for, and most of them are Oregon. Um, uh, Running Man is another thing. Does the same thing. They have you know quite a few, quite a good selection of the smaller breweries. A um, couple other ones have one or two that I use, um, but yeah, I mean, and I get people who will be like, "Hey, I, I just opened my my brewery. Can you you want to try me out?" I'm like, "Sure, let's do it. You know, let's let's put you on I've Actually, uh, premiered two breweries here. Not nothing, no real fanfare, but I was the first person to buy uh, for Integrity, which is uh, the only brewery in Aloha right now, mm-hmm. um, and um, Balika Brow, which is a contract brewer, but they make some fantastic
2: stuff. Hmm. Where's Balika at?
1: Uh they're in, in Beaverton, but like I said, they're they contract brew they brew with vertigo. Oh well Vertigo system, but make some really great stuff. They make three different beers and they're all fantastic.
2: Great. Well I'm an Aloha guy, so I uh grew up in Aloha and uh yeah, we had no such thing as a brewery out there except for my garage and right, yeah. and that was it. And now uh again, the suburbs are the place. Beer is moving out to the suburbs. Exactly. We've talked about this the last couple of years on the uh podcast that um, really to go find good beer, it seemed like we had to go into Portland, and there was a need to actually move this to neighborhoods. And the tap houses were actually serving as some of that. But now we're see- starting to see the breweries recognize, hey, mm-hmm. yeah. we need to have a presence out there as well. So
1: Yeah, it's going to be crazy. I mean, uh, Breakside is opening a place around the corner here, I think on the other side of this building, actually. And then uh, Binary is moving into the old Beaverton Bakery um, pretty quickly. Yeah. Um,
2: well, you had, you had all sorts of other stuff that's just kind of around that's supportive, right? You obviously mentioned Ex Novo. There's rumors of some other tap houses kind of uh, filtering in in the area. Um, you've got the BG Food Carts, which yeah. has its own tap house thing going, but it, this is like the beer mecca right now is kind of for the west side is this Beaverden cluster that's going on.
1: It's pretty cool, actually. Uh, Loyal Legion is uh, opening up pretty soon uh, oh. just down the street, right uh, just north of Biggs Chicken, okay. which is going to be great. I mean, they do Oregon only as well, apparently, but, uh, you know, all boats rise. You know, they're going to bring a lot more people down to downtown, so we're all going to enjoy that and uh, I, I saw their tap list. They have a fantastic tap list on their, their uh, spot in Southeast. Um, some great beers there. Um, I tend to dig a little deeper, I think, in some of the smaller places um, right. just because I can. I mean, they, they push more beer out than I will, so I can buy a one single keg and be fine with that where they're going to maybe need two or three or four. So.
2: Yeah, so talk to me about your your beer list. So what do you, how do you select a beer for your beer list? Um, a lot of places are very IPA-centric. Um, obviously, IPA sell within the state. Yeah, But um, how do you make sure that you've got balance? How do you make sure that you're pleasing everybody?
1: Um, I, I, You know, you can't please everybody. You can try. Um, I, You know, I keep a, a fair amount of IPAs on. I have uh, at least two um, regular IPAs and at least a single hazy on during the wintertime. Um, and that expands, obviously, during the summertime because you, people want more quen- thirst-quenching things and not as much malty stuff. But I just, you know, I try and find stuff that's kind of unique, and I stick with some of the some of the breweries that are just making fantastic beers, you know, Ruse is one of those be- oh, yeah. breweries that is just, you know, I've never had a bad beer from Bre- Ruse. I've never had a bad beer from Level. I mean, just some of these places are just knocking them out of the park. So okay. sometimes they make it easy.
0: Well, and one of the things that that you mentioned earlier too is that you kind of dig deep for the these smaller breweries that may not even have their name out there yet. And when I was looking at the at your tap list. You know, Jason and I was, he was talking about, we've been on the podcast now for five years, and one of the things we prided ourselves on was finding these small breweries, and there's breweries on this list that I've never seen or never heard before, so yeah. it's interesting, and, and I'm wondering how it is that you found those guys already.
1: Uh, a lot of it is word of mouth. I mean, you know, the beer industry, you guys know this, you know, the beer industry is very supportive of each other, you know, and... Uh, There are breweries that, you know, are helping smaller brewers out, and they're saying, hey, you should go talk to Mark at the Raindrop and see if you can get something on there, and that's just kind of how it works. You know, hey, I hear you you do Oregon-only stuff. We're Oregon-only. I had uh, Cold Fire. The first time I had Cold Fire on, Mallory, their salesperson, was driving by and saw the sign outside and then was parked and looked me up and said, Oregon-only stuff. She turned around and said, hey, I'm from Cold Fire. We're from Oregon. Would you like some beer? I'm like, yeah, of course, you know. Let's do it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of times, I, I you know, I have uh, some of my customers, my regulars, will go to small little breweries and say, hey, do you guys distribute? I, I know a guy in Beaverton who looks for smaller Oregon breweries.
0: Let me get your information and give it to him. So I've been calling people and trying to get some people. Now, going back to the, the neighborhood kind of feeling that this place has, uh, one of the things that I noticed when I walked in the door was the pit forward board. Okay. Uh, and I'm really curious on how that got started uh, and kind of what the idea is behind it.
1: We had been talking about doing something like that for a while. You know, there are a lot of places that do like a chalkboard or a whiteboard and things like that. And, um, I wasn't sure how to quite do it, and I wanted to do something a little different, so I, I came up with the idea of the note cards and the, the push pin board. Um, and how it really got started was when we were about ready to, to close for COVID, one of my, my good friends, John, um, John Duggar, who uh, lives in the neighborhood, bought a $100 gift card from me. And then when we reopened, he gave it back to me, and he said, hey, buy some beers for people. So I started it with his card and just put up, like, 18 or 20, um, you know, first-line medical responders. Um, get a free pint when you come in for that. And then it just sort of took off. People are like, hey, can I buy one of those for the board? Yes, you can. Here, you know. Let's wow. let's do it. Fill it up. There are a couple of high, high marks in there, there are a couple of high bars you have to do on a couple of them. Like, one of them is... You get a free beer if you have five plus kids. We don't see that very often. Um, and then one is, uh, um, if you've donated a kidney, I'm going to buy you a beer. Kind of thing. <laughs> it's like pretty high high bars there, guys. But it's still kind of fun, you know. You got some that are just like, you know, next person. And I have a guy who was coming in here for a while, and he'll probably be back. Um, he'd buy a couple of beers and have, drink them here, and then buy one for the next person who walked in the door. It's just like, hey, I'm, I'm taking off, but you know, let's get get somebody a beer when they come in.
2: So. That's fantastic, excellent. Yeah. I love the pay it forward idea. So. Um, so how long have you been open? About over a year?
1: A year and a half. We opened okay. July 5th of 2019.
2: Okay. So next logical question is, you had no idea, obviously, COVID was going to hit. Um, COVID hits. How have you kept your doors open?
1: Gotten, we've gotten pretty lucky. Um, we have a pretty good um, base of, of regulars. Um, and uh, um, the city's helped out quite a bit with some grants. Plus, I you know, I knew... I didn't have a lot of money to spend when I opened this place, and I knew that, you know, I opened in July, and I knew I could survive July because I had enough money in reserves, but I knew August was going to have to make, be, um, uh, to break even. It was going to have to break even in, right. by August so, of that year. And uh, so we've kept it pretty lean, um, and so we can kind of write th- things out. Um, the, the complex, you know, the building I'm in is pretty great, too. They helped me out quite a bit with the rent and things like that. But, yeah, we've just been kind of lucky.
2: And you were saying that so I mean you are working a ton of hours right now trying to keep it open yourself, right. a lot less than the early days you were saying. Um, yeah, a
1: lot less. I was uh, my hours were bigger. I I think I was open. I think I was open ninety hours a week and I worked them all. Wow. Um, and uh, so it was seven days a week for eight and a half months and you didn't know how much you were working until you stopped doing it. So it's like oh man.
2: So tell me a little bit about again how. Um, how you came up with the idea of opening this what is your background and you, i mean what made you say hey i'm going to open a tap house so
1: um i was managing um 17 routes for a, a ground a fedex ground contractor and uh it was pretty brutal at times it was fun but it was brutal a lot of work um and i had years before I had a lot of experience in food industry um and i wanted to do something kind of simple you know um, and I went to Iron Tap Station one day and said, "This I can do this. Let's do this. So that's kind of how the idea formed. And then started planning it out and things like that. And it got closer and closer. And I'm like, OK, let's see what we can do here. So uh, the city of Beaverton had a grant program where they would pay for uh, um, up to $35,000 of your build-out. Basically, they reimburse you for it. And uh, got kind of lucky. Got this space and went from there and walked around this. Na- I live in this neighborhood, so we wa- I, you know, kept looking for a space in here. Kept looking. Couldn't find anything. Everything was being taken. And kept walking by this space saying, the reason why it's not rented is, is it's in a brand new apartment building. It's on a corner space. It's probably too expensive. I'm not going to even call on it. Right. After not being able to find anything, I finally called on it. And it turns out it was uh, offered for 25 per- or uh, 20% less than what I was willing to pay in rent. And I'm like, where do I sign it? <laughs> <So. laughs>
2: And so it is, yeah. A brand new apartment complex, uh, a bunch of stuff going in here, yeah. mixed use residential type stuff. So it seems like a goldmine. Is that you should be able to again get repeat customers coming out oh, yeah. that want a good place to drink beer, right? So
1: exactly, yeah. And, and you know we're we're pretty uh, uh, you know, getting pretty popular in the neighborhood. A lot of people come here just because they can walk it. Like the snow day we had a couple months ago, you know, a month or two ago. Um, I was going to close early, thinking nobody was going to come, and. Turns out we were the only place open downtown, so everybody was coming here. So it's like, all right, let's do it. You know, let's keep it open. And we had a pretty good
2: time. Pretty so you good. got sports on usually and um, on the TVs. You got multiple TVs in here. I see some Beaverton High School football stuff. Yeah. Um, all that stuff. What else do you do from a special event side to help draw people in, support business, support the folks that want to come in?
1: We do a food truck on Saturday nights. When oh? food trucks come in, they uh, uh, park across the street at Dulciderm, which is just across the street. Um, and uh, the people who Tamara, who owns Dulciderm, it gives us her blessing to do that every. Every Saturday night, so, um, and we don't do a whole a whole lot of events here, just because we want this place to be about people coming in and relaxing and just enjoying themselves, you know, with their friends or whatever. Um, and uh, uh, we did a, a trivia once, and it just it turned out to be all about the trivia, not yeah, about the place. Yeah, totally. So we do, and we only did it once. Um,
2: and uh, there's um, places trivia works, right? And, yeah, and and exactly. But we've talked about it on <laughs> on the episodes before. Yeah. Is that Very often, the trivia overtakes the normal customers, the regular customers that are inside. When they start shushing the business owners and everybody else because everybody's, I mean, it's like, come on.
1: Yeah, and I I just, you know, I didn't like the vibe that night, so I, you know, I said, okay, that'll be the last one. Cool.
2: Good. Well, uh, again, awesome uh, place here. My wife actually noticed the woodwork uh, that you've got here, how it wraps and all that. And she's got this design mind, works for an architecture company. And she's like, the woodwork in here is interesting in that it kind of just wraps and kind of follows through and yeah, flows. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I
1: had no. no, um, no
2: <laughs> That's <scene>. not you? <laughs> it wasn't me. Um, so
1: we, the, the people who owned this building before they sold it um, had a, um, an architect in mind, like a designer in mind, because they had done Milk and Tea, which is the other retail space on the other block, Yeah, and uh, said, hey, you should check out what he wants to do. And I saw it. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. It looks great. So um, Great. So they did that, and uh, um, yeah, and I loved it.
2: Yeah, that's funny. That's well, what does the future hold for you? So what does is, what is, uh, success look like for you uh, coming up in the future?
1: Success for me is just, you know, to keep this place going and um, make people happy and have a good time here. Um, you know, ultimately for me, I'm not looking to make, you know, millions of dollars here, but I'm, um, my aim is to maybe only work 40 hours a week here. <laughs> you know, we'll get there at some point. Um, but for right now, it's still a blast. I'm just having a great time doing this. Um,
2: so, so let's talk Unicorns real quick. We'll, we'll close this out with okay. uh, Unicorns. Um, if there's a beer that you could get uh, or that, that it's hard to get that you could get for your tap list, what would that beer be?
1: Oh, I can't think of the name of the brewery off the top of my head, but they are aligned with Block 15. Okay. Um, it's um, They're out of McMinnville. They took over Allegory's Brewing Space, and I can't think of the name of the brewery though but i really want like somebody brought me a can of it it was fantastic stuff wow outstanding um but i contacted uh uh, block 15 and and they're like well we have too many accounts we can't service you yet but we'll keep you on our list i'm like (laughs) sure okay whatever you You big time me great but we want your beer so exactly um um, and then anybody who's you know who opens a small brewery who's like hey let's we want to you know get our name out here can we bring it to the raindrop you know
2: and that's our, that's our listenership. So, I mean, we get we have homebrewers, we have craft brewers, small craft brewers, yeah. homebrewers looking to jump into some sort of opportunity. And so you heard it, listeners. Uh, again, if you want a place to demo your beer um, and you've got the appropriate licenses, of course, yes. um, this is the place. Check out Raindrop here in Beaverton fantastic location sits so right on Farmington and right by the Beaverton High School Dairy Queen in the cluster of exactly where the beer scenes happening in Beaverton um, come say hi to Mark he's got a fantastic space here and uh, I know for March Madness we watched a couple games sitting up there on the on the deal for those like, that like basketball um, but check this place out Mark thank you for your time thank you so much guys Appreciate absolutely it. bye-bye now <laughs> all right we're back <laughs> Bye bye now. Where the frick did now. that come from?
0: I don't know, but that's that needs to be your uh, your signature clothes on an interview. Okay, bye bye now.
2: Bye bye now. <laughs> well, huge thanks to Mark. So, uh, Raindrop Tap House is unbelievable. Great beer selection. I like it because a broad array of taps that are Oregon focused. Yeah. Small stuff, um, medium sized stuff. Um, But, again, um, good beer selection, good location.
0: Oh, the location's, like, perfect for growth down there with all the growth that is happening. Yeah. It's just going to bring in more traffic, I think.
2: Well, and I'll add from the Max line, it's interesting because it's a quarter mile half mile tops from the max line yeah so uh those portland listeners you could actually easily get off the max line and it's a short hop over to this place
0: absolutely walk down walk back to the max ride
2: home yeah i mean not bad at all so um yeah so check out raindrop so awesome little place Uh, I guess we were talking about what's next for the podcast and what are we going to feature. And we've got a bunch of, like, pending interviews for breweries uh, pre-COVID. So we need to reach back out to Waltz and Kaiser and the likes of some of those. Um, But we also talked about my old neighborhood that I grew up in, the Aloha neighborhood. This Integrity Brewing is interesting. Yeah, Um, We learned about them through Mark. Yep. And then also there's a tap house up there called 649. So we got some options, and I think we'll close that out in the next uh, few weeks of trying to figure out who's next and what that looks like. But uh, more to come on that. So what else is going on, man? So uh, skiing? Is the skiing on?
0: Skiing's pretty much done.
2: Well, it's not done. But well, for, you, it,
0: for me, it's done. Yeah.
2: <laughs> There's a ton of snow.
0: A uh, ton of snow, but with the work schedule that I'm on now, it it pretty much killed it. Um because I can't go up in the morning. Right. And I can't go at night. Right. And the weekends are just a shit show. So, yeah, I think my, my skis are getting hung up. Oh, are they? Far as far uh, ski season goes. And uh, I have to start looking towards the paddleboarding season.
2: Paddleboarding's coming up. And, yeah. Uh, you and the lovely lady, you've got a built in paddleboard partner now.
0: I do. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. So uh, I think I, we're looking forward to paddleboarding. And so that'll come up and having some coldies sitting on the uh, paddleboard and yeah. floating the Deschutes or floating the Walton or, or,
0: or wherever we may find a float.
2: That's right. So there's an uh, awesome lake that Debbie and I found uh, last year up. just a, It's about a half mile hike in. So you strap those packs on your back. Yeah. And then it's a little lake, but you get a dual mountain view with the sisters and bachelor um, just sitting on both ends of this lake and oh, not fantastic. a lot of people. So well, I know you guys are talking about coming up with us to uh, Sun River. Yeah. We got to look at doing that in August. Maybe doing that so, one. Yeah.
0: Well, bring, um, the, bring the fly
2: rod up and fly fish from it oh, too. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Talking. And then if we bring our homebrew stuff up and uh, actually Jesus. homebrew. On the paddleboard. On the, the paddleboard using fish guts. Oh, yeah. That's totally. You know who that is? Yeah. Brew dogs. That's brew dogs. <laughs> That's brew dog right there. <laughs> They can. They
0: can do that one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, um, what else we got going on? So we talked a little bit of home brewing. You're kind of in a hold until you order yeast. That's yeah, kind of the until I get yeast. Same place we've been for a few weeks now. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm doing a sidebar thing of some sweet feed type mash. Yeah, so we'll see how that turns out, and then I'm gonna jump into uh, my cream ale, Eat, which I've yep. had a special request from my wife for that cream ale.
0: She so. wants that cream ale.
2: <laughs> she likes the cream <laughs> ale. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll do that and jump into that, and then I'm probably gonna like I said last episode. Reach out to Oregon Fruit. If you have fruit products that you need for home brewing or brewing, Oregon Fruit is the place. Oh, they're great. But their uh, pineapple colsh yeah. or uh, their pineapple puree, rather, is perfect for that Pono ripoff that I've got. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great, great stuff. And then you did a tangerine, right?
0: I did. I did a tangerine um, smash.
2: Yeah. And it turned out
0: fantastic. They're... Their product works really, really well yeah, that's for good. for adding to beers.
2: I kind of wonder. I should actually order that for my other little sideline of adding puree type into my other mashes.
0: Oh, that'd be yeah, that would be interesting. That would pull, be interesting. Like you pull the, pull the fresh, essences. Yeah, that'd be yeah.
2: interesting. I should try that. So I might have to order several samples. Oregon Fruit, I'm contacting you about samples. So, again, for homebrewers, the sample thing is awesome because the, the samples they provide are a perfect size for your homebrew recipe. Yep. So, absolute uh, perfect size. You, you don't need the 20 gallon bag or whatever that was that, that certainly the big guys use. Yeah. You need the sample size for your homebrew stuff.
0: Exactly. So, but.
2: Well, I don't think uh, there's anything else other than the final thing I wanted to close out on is this beer tax thing that's out there. So uh, (laughs) Oregon is looking at committing suicide.
0: Complete
2: suicide. um, To its economy. And so it's similar to what I see that the timber industry went through um, several decades ago where they decided to basically go away from forestry, which was the core of Oregon forever. Turn their backs on it, and um, that decimated Southern Oregon and the uh, coastal range and all those types of areas and the communities that were in those areas. The brewing industry is going to face the same thing, and the wine industry and the distilling industry. Yeah, just
0: the whole alcohol industry, period, not to mention hop growers, um, everybody else that's involved in that whole chain is just going to get crushed.
2: So we know the tax rate in Oregon for brewers is low and, and for people that make alcohol. Right. Right. And so alcoholic beverages, Oregon enjoys a very, very low tax rate. But because of that, we've got a lot of entrepreneurship. We've got a lot of businesses that open up. There's a reason that we're the wine, Pinot Noir capital of the world, essentially. Yeah. And that we're the beer capital of the world. Yeah. And it's because low tax rate allows people to experiment and try all sorts of things and be successful. Right. Right. So I don't think anybody's saying that the tax rate shouldn't go up slightly.
0: It just shouldn't go up the way they've got it written.
2: But it shouldn't go up 300%. Right. Right. So I think everybody's willing to accept their fair share, but three hundred percent is not a fair share. No, and the beer industry taking uh, taking it on the back because it appears they're the ones going to take most of this um, is ridiculous. And then what we learned today is that the big dogs, if you if you make over a million barrels or whatever it is barrels a
0: year, then you're exempt.
2: You're exempt. Well, that's crap. You know who exactly wrote that bill? No, exactly.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, big brewers wrote that bill.
2: Right. So so the cool thing about Oregon Brewery and the Oregon Brewery scene is that collectively you guys have a voice. And you need to reach out to your legislatures, to legislators and to the senators and say, look, enough's enough. This is crap. We agree that we need to pay more. Yeah. But we don't need to pay way more we certainly don't want to pay so much that it breaks that entrepreneurial spirit and kills the Oregon beer market. Because well, it's not, not just going to impact the brewers. It's well, going to impact everybody. The grain makers, the hop growers, yeah. the yeast. The, Oregon's a big yeast. Oh, it's huge. Yeah.
0: huge yeast producer.
2: It's going to trickle to all parts of this thing. Yeah. So.
0: And I don't think the people that
2: wrote that even thought about that piece of it. Yeah, well, um, we, we learned a little about who proposed this and who's pushing this, right? Yeah. And and there's something to be said. Alcoholism is a bad thing, right? Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, it can be. But, again, taxing it or doing away with it is not it's the not way the to answer. do this. It's not the answer, right? Um,
0: so it so would be interesting, and I would love to challenge any of the, our, our state representatives um, to come on the show explain your explain why you think this might be a great idea yeah. um and we'll let you voice it out but we're definitely going to pick your brain on why you think that's a good idea
2: well i think i think that might be a good place to start in the next couple of weeks is all right. So let's have some people that support this, and let's have some people that obviously are uh, opponents to this. Yeah. Right? And and let's talk and learn a little bit about this, about what's going on. But, I mean, superficially, I see this as being catastrophic to wine and beer. And the other piece is this craft distillery market. Um, raising the tax on all those things is just going to decimate gonna the economy. It's going to crush them. And, and specifically this side of the economy. And if you are absolutely an abolitionist as it relates to alcohol, then all right. I mean, maybe this is your jam. Maybe this is what you want to do. But again, the our economy, a large chunk of that economy is based upon beer, wine, and hard alcohol sales or indirectly through grains and yeast right. and hops. And getting rid of this sector is going to affect every single Oregonian.
0: Oh, it's, it's going to have a big ripple effect.
2: Right. So so we'd love to have you guys on and, and listen about why you think this is great. But um, And I think we will reach out to the state representatives and see what they think and yeah? see what they're thinking on this thing. Not that they can tell us how they're going to vote, right? But, uh, no,
0: but just tell us their thought process. But
2: help me understand why you think this may be a good thing for Oregon or not. And, uh, and that will help. So... Maybe we'll work on that. That's a good deal. So Do
0: do a good old-fashioned debate. And then I'll even
2: pour you a beer. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So <laughs> we'll, we'll serve you some of Gary's White Stout. So. Well,
0: that'd be perfect. There you go. That'll change their mind.
2: That'll change their mind in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. You know what'll change their mind? A Belgian a quad. A Belgian
0: quad. <laughs> I think we need to come up with a Belgian sextuplet.
2: A Belgian sextuplet? Yeah. Is that uh, like the Octomom?
0: Yeah, kind of, but, you know, two less. <laughs> yeah.
2: A Belgian Octo beer. Oh, right? God. It's not an Oktoberfest beer. It's a Octo. It's an Octo. <laughs> it's like 19% alcohol. It's like you
0: drink one beer and you go to bed.
2: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, buddy. Well, huge thanks to Mark over at Raindrop Tap House. Uh Again, awesome dude. Check these guys out down in Beaverton. Uh, fantastic selection of Oregon beers um, and then uh, thanks buddy Appreciate always appreciate spending the Sunday with you oh
0: yeah it was great fantastic
2: alright well listeners until next time Tim Beer. cheers, cheers. Thanks for listening
1: to the Portland Tim Beers podcast. Be sure to visit the Portland Tim Beers podcast on ACAST.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. If you love the Tim Beers podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Tim Beers.